Hey there, short game listeners. This is your host, Shane Kelly, speaking. And I'm here to let you know that we don't have a brand new episode for you this week. We're pulling one from the archives, but we have a very good reason. I'd hope you can join me in congratulating my brother and co-host, bro-host, Reagan Kelly, uh, because he, this week, has become a dad for the second time. Uh, So, congratulations, Reagan, and welcome, baby Henry, to this uh, whole mess. For this week, we're going to be rerunning the episode on Superhot, which is a game that really blew my mind when it first came out, so I think hope you can have a good time listening to this uh, this recap episode. And next week, we'll be running an episode on Mind Control Delete, the new sequel and expansion on Superhot. It's hard to believe that this is now the third or maybe even fourth game in the Superhot series since, uh, depending on whether or not you count that original Flash-based or web-based demo, Anyway, have a listen and uh, let us know what you think. Looking forward to speaking with you again next week. Welcome back to The Short Game. This is a show where we talk about short video games. The kind of thing that you can pick up and complete in an evening or a weekend. Video games that respect your time. I'm your host, Reagan Kelly, and I am joined this week by two awesome co-hosts, my real-life twin brother, Shane Kelly. How are you doing, Shane? Oh, I'm doing really, uh, I'm pretty hot. Super. <laughs> and I am joined also by Nate Heininger. How are you doing, Nate? Super hot. Super hot. Super hot. Super And hot. we are we are here Super this week hot. to talk about the most innovative shooter I've played in years. Super hot. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, this game didn't exactly come out of nowhere. It's kind of been on our radar for a long while, and it's been kind of like, I think... How long have I been talking about this game? Years now. Like, I think you... I put this on the very first outline that we did for the short game. I was trying to convince everybody to play the browser-based version. I can't believe we waited until now when the actual full release comes out. Yeah, you know, I don't play a lot of browser-based games. And actually, I tried to fire this one up at one point. Um, This one, this game, if you played the original version that came out in 2013, um, it it uses the Unity web player. It's still up if you're kind of curious about the concept. Um, But the problem for me was that for whatever reason, it never worked. And Unity web player games rarely do for me. I don't know if it's a Safari issue or what, but I even tried it again recently and when I play this game, like, you hit one key on the keyboard, like the W to move forward, and it sticks. Like, it, it won't it won't let me not keep moving forward, which in this game is completely ruins the game. Um, <laughs> that is specifically of all games to mess up. This one is hurt the most by you not being able to stop moving. Exactly. So I never <laughs> got to play more than a, a moment or two of this game without it not working. And I, I just never got around to trying to troubleshoot that problem. I mean, you know, Unity Web Player is just kind of, a, it's kind of bad. But the full release <sighs> yeah. of this is totally rad and plays great. Uh, let us let me let me give a, a the basic pitch of this game, uh, the, which is what you'd see in the first three seconds of actually firing up the game. Uh, it is basically, it is a first-person shooter where time moves only when you move. These words flash on screen. 
and you are assaulted by little red prismatic dudes. And they've got guns, and they shoot at you, and if you walk, their bullets will fly towards you, but if you stop walking, their bullets will hang in midair a la, you know, bullet time. It's a, kind of a small tweak to what otherwise would be a very, uh, by the numbers, very minimalist, uh, but incredibly difficult first-person shooter. Being able to kind of control the flow of the action and look around and, you know, do do things much faster than your normal reaction time would allow you to do. It takes this game up to, from being a kind of a, a normal FPS and, and makes it more, more strategic. You have to think and plan your actions and you have to kind of fight your way through each situation using, you know, uh, every possible second of movement that you have. Does that basically sum up the the game to you guys? Yeah, it almost makes combat. Um, it, it's not turn based. That's not the right way to put it, but it almost feels that way because at any moment, or um, or it's like a a, a pause that would allow you to still um, like look around. Basically, you can at any moment just pause combat, look around, and decide your next move. Yeah, not to uh, not to relate it back to a game that. We talk about too much on this show, but in that way, it's a little um, uh, like FTL. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I, of course, I thought that, and I was like, I'm not going to be the guy who says this. I know because I'm it's always kind the of guy apt. who's like, it is. Although it's one very kind apt. of really interesting thing about it is that I, I didn't expect looking around to count as movement, but it does. If you spend your time like looking back and forth, time does progress a little bit. It's as you very minuscule. It, yeah. But it does, and it makes sense. Yeah. Like I, I, you're right. I wouldn't. I didn't think it, it did at first, but after some, you know, experimenting with it, it, it makes it does. a difference. Because sometimes I'll look behind me and realize there's a bullet right there, right there. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. yeah, and in fact, even if you do absolutely nothing, time does creep forward very, very, very slowly. There's a um, just just enough that if you get really indecisive about what to do next, you're probably going to get shot. Yeah, I actually learned that because I I walked out of the room while I was playing, and it just my it would take like two, about every two or three minutes I would hear like la of it <laughs> of my guy getting shot, and that's like how long it would take for the first bad guy to like spawn and get into the room where my character was standing and shoot and kill me. So it's when you're not moving, it is like, ink. I mean, it's almost unnoticeable it's only if you really spend a long time and then when you're kind of moving like when you're turning your head around time's moving really slow but when you're actually when you're pressing either w a s or t you're moving in real time and it, it really works really really well because what's cool is um you get these moments of feeling like just a normal first person shooter three or four bad guys are coming at you you're running around shooting them but at any moment you can almost like i don't know like max pain i guess kind of mm-hmm stop everything and really take your time. And it allows you to pull off some really, really badass moves. Yeah. Some brutal, brutal kills. And actually what I think is really neat about this is that, you know, you've played other shooters that have bullet time. Max Payne is a great example, you know, but that's always been kind of the reward for good plays. You get this flashy bullet time moment. Um, mm-hmm. But this isn't bullet time as you've seen it in other games. In other games, you know, when you fire off bullet time, 
you're suddenly moving faster than all of the other uh, action on screen. You're able to do things at your normal pace and everyone else is slowed way down. But here, you're actually still moving and able to do stuff at basically the same pace as your enemies. It's really just that you have this enormous advantage in reaction time and in the ability to, like, analyze the situation. So, like, mm-hmm. it's you're not really getting an advantage over them in anything except being able to see what's going on and react before they can react. Yeah, and there's there's no health bar. You, you're It's one hit kill. If you get shot, if you get punched by an enemy, you're gone. So you just have to keep yourself completely safe and take on the enemies the enemies are not going to slow down they're going to go straight for you um they are really well animated and they're kind of intelligent they they, yeah they have some cool reactions like if you shoot one that's right next to the other guy he's gonna like look over at him but then he's gonna go right back to shooting at you or like um i you know one that i kind of experienced is that uh, it was me and a bad guy on the other end of like a on the other side of a pillar and I would like try to loop around one side of the pillar and it would, you know, like the, we're both on two ends of a table trying to get at each other thing. Like he would go the opposite way that I went to try to get behind me. And then like one time I cut back to go back to the other corner and he was there waiting with his gun pointed forward. So oh, yeah. like they do have some intelligence as to like, obviously mimic your movements or predict your movements to a degree. Um, yeah, they're not totally predictable. Mm hmm. And that's a really big improvement over the original version of the game. Uh, I I read a couple of reviews and other things from when their initial, uh, you know, prototype version came out in 2013. By the way, that came out as a part of a game jam, actually. It was a a seven-day FPS game jam where people had to create an FPS within seven days. And the internet went absolutely insane for it. And there were articles all over the place, Kotaku and Rock Paper Shotgun and Wired and all sorts of other sites had uh, had articles up about it. And people were all uniformly like, hey, you have to check out this game. It's the most innovative shooter I've played in years. And yet a lot of them did criticize the fact that the uh, enemy AI was really minimal and it kind of made it feel like you were like, there wasn't enough challenge. And mm-hmm. what, what they've really done is they've made the AIs smart enough to be a challenge for you, even though you've got this insane superpower of basically controlling time. Yeah. And they also, not only do they make the AI smarter, they put you in situations that are absurd. So this game is basically broken into like tiny little vignettes, little chapters, if you will, where you pretty much, I think there's like 30 levels. Yeah. Yeah. Levels is the best way to put it actually, uh, where you just kind of like wake up as your character, um, and you're in a situation and you have to, Resolve that situation. Pretty much kill everything. They usually tell you with a couple of quick flashes of text on the screen, <laughs> get down. It was a setup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of uh, action movie tropes and things like that, too, uh, both in the in the language and in the situations. Like uh, uh, one of the most notable levels I know we all had a huge uh, – we all talked about already um, off the show is you basically wake up and you're in an elevator and there's three guys with guns pointed at you. And it's super tight you know, it's the elevator size and you have to kill all three of those guys um, as well as progress out of the elevator. And you're just like, how am I going to ever do this? That took me at least 15 tries. It's hard. Like they, they definitely, the game is difficult 
despite like you have like godlike powers, it is difficult. And a lot of that is that yeah, you're Neo in the Matrix, but there's a lot of Agent Smiths, yeah. right? And you you can only be hit one time, be it a bullet or a punch or a sword or anything. And you might say like, well, that's fine. You just dodge a bullet, um, a single bullet. Well, they have shotguns and they have assault rifles that spray in a huge pattern. And they're coming at you from multiple directions in most of these levels. And you have to be really aware of your surroundings. So you have to know where the enemies might spawn from. You have to reverse direction a lot to make sure that they're not sneaking up behind you because you don't really hear them coming. All you hear in this game, the sound is really neat, is this sort of like eerie calm. Crystals. Everything's crystalline. Yeah. Because, you know, time is frozen. And so you just get this sort of desolate crystal cavern kind of sound until start, mm-hmm. things start moving. And then you hear gunshots and you hear hear things. But it's dead quiet when you're not moving. You know what the, uh, the graphics reminded me of? Do you remember the old arcade game that was like a police simulator? You remember the th- what I'm thinking of? Oh, the little, it was uh, a light gun game. Yeah, I think so. Time Crisis? No, no, no. no it's the, it's a thing called like, kind of like that. It is a lot like something like Time Crisis, only even more stripped down. But there was one that I used to see in arcades uh, in the '90s that was like Police Trainer or something like that. It had some generic name. I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And it would have like little generic, un you know, basically target dummies. Mm-hmm. For you to shoot at. And that's basically what these guys are look like. They're like crazy ruby crystalline target dummies in all these crazy you know, some of the some of the situations they put you in are like st- lifted directly from action movies. Like there's some there's one that is there's a level called Old Boy that's basically right out of Old Boy. There's one called Fight Club, which I mean, I wouldn't say it's exactly lifted out of Fight Club, but that's a, a very melee focused uh level that you're doing a lot of punching and grabbing of objects and hitting. Those were actually uh, some of my like the gun. The guns were a lot of fun, but some of the most satisfying levels were the ones that were almost entirely um, like melee based. I mean, basically, your control set is either punch, uh, shoot, or throw or mm-hmm. grab. I guess pick up. Um, I and- really love the way that it handles throwing objects because mm-hmm. you know you can throw an object at somebody to stun them and you can also uh, when you do that they'll usually drop their weapon or kind of <laughs> up toss and it. at you yeah <laughs> and so you can then you know you can stun somebody grab their weapon out of the air and shoot them with it and in a lot of cases that's way faster than waiting for your own weapon to be ready again mm-hmm. um and then when you see that play back at full speed it's insane it's this sort of like kung fu movie kick somebody and grab their weapon out of the air and and hit them with it or or shoot them with it kind of moment that it's really satisfying i've been waiting to bring that up like one of the best parts of this game is that they play every level at the end for you in full real time uh so you see everything that you did and you just He's like, man, I am awesome at this game. <laughs> <laughs> it really does make you and all, all the while while it's doing that, it's it's showing text over the screen and saying, super hot. <laughs> super <Yeah. laughs> hot. Uh, it's very satisfying for some reason. Super hot. Super hot. Super hot. That for some reason I, I know exactly why. You're you're performing, you know superhuman badass moves while a robot is calling it super hot like what 
Like, how much more satisfying could you get? Yeah, that's one of the things that they kept from the original version of the game, and I, I don't know why that's so core to the experience, but uh, the, the robot voice basically saying, super hot, super hot, super <laughs> hot. It's basically, uh, it, it, it gets me excited every time I hear it. <laughs> One thing I don't think we have mentioned yet entirely about the graphics is that the the world that you're working in is in everything is essentially entirely white. Now that you can see the edges around you know, furniture and everything, but the whole world is not colored. And the bad guys are a bright red. So it, it's kind of a it's a really weird environment to be running around into. This is like very clearly like an office building. Yeah. You know? Well, there's so there's actually a lot of different uh, there's a lot of variety to the um, to the levels, mm-hmm. and yeah, they're all kind of this like whitewashed look. But some of them are actually pretty detailed if you look at the models. I really kind of enjoyed looking around and and seeing some of the little finer details that they put into things. Um, and also in terms of color scheme. It's just three colors, white, red, and also black. Anything that mm-hmm. you can actually interact with, which basically means a weapon or something that you can pick up and throw, um, are all black. And the fact that it's all so stripped down was a really smart choice because it's not like you really have to, like, rush in any way. But I think it really tells you what you need to be paying attention to and also – it really reminds you that this is a game and that becomes kind of important when we talk about the story, which we'll have a spoiler break here in a minute. This game is really all about its action. We probably don't need to worry too much about spoiling the quote unquote story for you, but it has this sort of interesting framing device or meta narrative that's worth talking about. And if you don't want that spoiled for you, we will have a spoiler break here in a second before we talk about it. Um, But like, gaminess, you know, reminding you that you are a player of a game is very important to you, to this game. When you first sit yeah. down to it, you know, the first screen that you see is basically like a, a file navigator with a DOS prompt. And yeah, it looks like a, like you're maybe signing into a BBS. I think the first thing you see is this chat screen and it starts to kind of play with uh, the user uh, through these chat screens where you're talking to somebody and they're saying they're saying to you, "Hey, have you have you checked out Super Hot? It's the most innovative shooter I've played in forever." Um, and then you type back, and it makes you kind of punch the keys in order to type. But whatever you're pressing, it's going to type out your responses. Yeah, weirdly you know, enough, I, it actually reminded me a lot uh, the way that it sets up the game of games like um, uh, Emily is Away or. Uh, uh, Sibylle or Sibel, however we were pronouncing that. Um, yeah, the kind of environment of, you know, using your computer as sort of the, the environment of the game. Yeah, I, I think that that really kind of, it, it sets up this meta narrative that we'll talk about in a little more detail after the spoiler break mm-hmm. of reminding you that you are a player of a game. You know, you're, you, the actual real world player, are playing as a video game player, which is a unusual sort of take um, but it really works for these games that uh, – for this game, 
particularly that I think wants to kind of reinforce the gaminess of the game. It, it makes the fact that you're playing through a bunch of really uh, stripped down, very episodic levels that aren't really strung together in any serious way. It makes that feel perfectly natural because of course it is. Of course it is. It's a game. Yeah. They're, they're levels. Yeah. And the computer you're signing in on is, you know, it, it's, it looks like some kind of computer enthusiasts computer. It's full of little, Easter eggs and stuff. There's these little tech demo executables you can run that, you know, display a uh, ASCII 3D floating cube. It looks like a tech demo from like the 70s. <laughs> Probably more like uh, 80s. Well, maybe. But uh, parody type stuff. Uh, there's like these unlockable ASCII art, quote unquote, concept art screens. <laughs> yeah. You know, right. that basically for every level you complete, it gives you a pick an ASCII art like concept picture that that was pretty funny. If you dig around in art, there's also a folder of porn that it uh, has encrypted. So you can't open it. That's funny. Uh, there's some other weird stuff in there. Like Conway's game of life is in there and a couple of other little simulations stuff I'd seen before in other places. Kind of cool. And then it keeps coming back to this uh, with this sort of chat room that you can sign it. You can actually sign into the chat room and see other people talking uh, and you get pulled back there again and again, kind of between levels where, you know, the the game itself starts to try and get its hooks into you, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they they went through, um, you know, great ends to make it where everything in the game is justified to some degree. Like there's no there's nothing in the game where you'd be like, well, it doesn't make any sense that my character could do this or it doesn't make any sense that this would happen. It doesn't make like there's everything is accounted for um, instead of just and I think it's an interesting choice to make because part of me wonders, like, what if they had just used this mechanic just to make an action game? You know, mm-hmm. what if they just use this and I'm, you know, Johnny Awesome secret agent and I start at the beginning and I have and I have this power and they don't even bother to explain or maybe i can, took like can, a can you imagine goal. using this in, a, in a, tr- a traditional game and then you get to the part between the action scenes where you've got dialogue and you'd have to keep circling around <laughs> the room keep to keep circles, being able yeah. to talk to people yeah and, and that's what so it, it was an interesting choice for them to to like they really went through great and we're going to talk about it in the plot part but they really went through great ends to make it like Every all of this is there's a reason why when you don't move that time is frozen. There's a reason why everything is white and red. There's a re- like everything is explained and mostly it's all like circles into itself. It's a game about a game kind of thing. But like I, I do think it was an interesting choice because um, part of me too was like, man, I kind of wish this was just like a straightforward action game. Like I kind of wish I like had a, a full on narrative start to end where I'm like a badass superhero and I just get to go run around and be a badass superhero. And you do on the one hand, I totally agree with what you're saying. Like if this was a game about like the flash, then that would, it would work. This would Mm -hmm. be a good way to do that as a, as a gameplay style. Oh, that's genius. Uh, WB, if you are listening, you know, steal that idea, but also think about all, all the detail that you'd have to include. I mean, these levels, these levels are pretty minimal. Mm -hmm. Uh, they're pretty, they're very small. They are, uh, and the enemies have like no faces or whatever. Can you imagine how corny this would look if they had to like render out like facial expressions for all the enemies? Like, it's just like when you pause your VCR. Sorry, we don't have VCRs anymore. When you pause uh, <laughs> your, your, your Netflix of- and chill and 
and and you you know you hit the pause button and the actor has like a weird goofy look on their face. Yeah, like it would be basically like that. Well, it also like kind of back to Reagan's point too. Like everything being white and the bullets being like a big black object on the screen really work because sometimes there's 15 bullets coming at you and you have to kind of like dodge and weave in and out of them. And if like everything was fully textured, it might like they'd have to make the bullets like bright yellow or something like something to really stand out to make it so like and it works and that's what i mean like everything is justified i yeah, just, it all works together yeah and, and i this isn't a uh this isn't a um criticism it's just something that i was thinking about while playing it like i kind of wish that i had this mechanic in like a full-on start to finish action game as well as this awesome kind of like meta you know piece by piece level by level game like i want i just basically i loved it i want to see this used in more ways i can't imagine other folks not widely stealing this as a power up in other games now that this is you know out there what i'm hoping is that um mod tools are available and people out in the you know community can make levels and can do stuff like that because i think add more weapons things like yeah like i would love to see this or just like, hey, uh, super hot people, make a make super hot too. You yeah, know, and, some DLC. I will buy it. Yeah, exactly. Speaking um, of that, actually, we should probably talk. This being the short game, we should talk about the length and some of the modes. Um, the game is, you know, if you're playing the story mode, uh, which is basically what's available to you when you first start the game, um, it kind of functions as a tutorial for the first like third, and and then you just get a you know increasingly insane. Uh, single player well obviously it's all single player but increasingly insane uh, levels um, that whole single player campaign uh, will only take you about two hours uh, which seems kind of short and that's coming from me yeah it took took me about probably two hours plus a little bit of time that i spent um you know kind of screwing around literally i literally there's a well when we get to talking about the levels in specific the last level Oh um, yeah. Well, I guess we're not going to break down every every one of these thirty levels. Oh, but the last not. level has this moment where you're being a- attacked, right? And every guy you kill, it's it has a one of the only times that you have an objective other than kill everyone. And as you kill people in that level, it says, "Don't bother." <laughs> and because this game is one where you know it has themes of kind of struggle against this sort of system struggle against the game as a system um i was like i'm gonna fucking bother yeah so (laughs) i sat there killing my way through that level which is basically an endless mode i sat there killing my way through that level for fully 45 minutes before giving up you know what's really funny too is uh so you two had a slack conversation going about the game before i completed it so i was you know kind of ignoring it but i did see you pose the question to reagan uh how long did you bother (laughs) <laughs> and um, and so I thought for sure, like, oh, man, I didn't read anything else after that. Just how long did you bother? Um, so I was like, okay, so surely there's something. So when I finally got to that level, I was like, well, I'm going to bother as long. And I probably did it for a half an hour. I went for so long. It's like, okay, this clearly is nothing. You can just do it forever. Yeah. So Who knows? I, maybe there is. Because I'm sure I'm sure that the, the developer thought about has has something in there if you make like an insane number of kills but the good thing about that was that this is a game where the theme thematically it's you as the player are are having your will sucked away by the game right 
And it's telling me, don't bother, don't bother. And I'm like killing, 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 killing this endless wave of enemies. And then finally, I'm like, Jesus Christ, it's like the middle of the night. I, I just I just <laughs> complete the level the way it's supposed to be done, which you could have done instantly from the start. And then the game rewards you by like giving you um, some of the most fun fights in the game and then ultimate freedom. And I'm like, oh, that feels so good. <laughs> it was a great moment of catharsis. Why did I bother? Yeah. Okay, so we really do need to hit a spoiler break before we get too much farther into that. But to, to clarify what Shane is saying, when you complete the, uh, the story mode, uh, you unlock endless mode. And the endless mode of this game is phenomenal. It's the best content in the game. And it's the best thing to unlock at the end because, you know, you've just played through all of these very contained um, scenarios the endless mode is where you start to become really creative with it. They have some of the best levels that the game has to offer. And basically they spawn wave after wave of people coming at you and you just take them on in very creative ways. It gives you a kill counter and it's, it, it, yeah, it, the, the levels are good and they have challenge modes that are unlocked. That's another way they add replayability is that you can play through any of these 30 missions with all these different really creative uh, challenges uh, I haven't unlocked all the challenges yet, but I've unlocked a few of them. One of them, one of them that I'm loving is called Full Stop, where you know instead of having time sort of slowly creep forward, time stands completely still when you don't move, but every gun only has one bullet in it, and the enemy <laughs> bullets fly a lot faster. Wow. But there's other there's other fun ones. Like the first one you unlock is a katana only, which is really fun. There's one that you unlock called AD 2013, uh, which is play super hot like it's 2013. <laughs> what does that even mean? Uh, it, it's more similar to the original. Like all the bad guys are wearing sunglasses uh, and you're wearing <laughs> sunglasses. So things are a little bit darker and uh, your punches kill in one punch. Uh, there are no melee weapons and no throwables. So mm-hmm. it's more like the original version of the game. I gotcha. We were wearing a lot of sunglasses in 2013. There's a ghost version, which, uh, well, we haven't talked about Hot Switch, but it's available on all the levels. You get one-punch kills, and there's no guns. Um, There's a full stop that I said. There's throwing, which is there's no shooting. Every thrown weapon kills, and your punches (laughs) do very little damage. Stuff like that. And there's also speed runs and all kinds of stuff to unlock. I think that they really have, they give you a lot to do once you've completed the story. So I, I think people that are worried about this game being too little content. Um, uh, it just depends, you know, it depends what kind of content you're after. If you're after story, yeah, this is very, very minimal, but if you're after gameplay replayability, this game seems like it gives you a lot. Yeah. Personally, I thought that the, the story was okay. And that didn't really bother me at all. Yeah. Like I, I, I think they, they, they really went for it with the story and I respect that. Um, I think it was, executed fine it it, it didn't really pull me in as much as maybe some other people um but regardless like that is something that they're just they were just doing it again i think just to justify the world but the action is where it lies and the endless mode is is where it's at because that is so much fun yeah the the story is really just there to thematically support the action game and the action game is so engrossing. Everything about playing this game is so yeah. extraordinarily fun, at least for me, um, that like 
Yeah, I, I, I think that the story works really, really well, but it's incredibly minimal. So we're going to have a spoiler break here in just a moment, and uh, we'll talk about how that sort of framing device or meta narrative um, supports the fun gameplay without being a huge distraction or taking up much time, because really it is just maybe two hours. Also, uh, I was able to play this first-person shooter on my laptop with WASD and a trackpad, which is not something I can ever normally do. Oh, yeah. On a first-person shooter. That's so, really, uh, yeah, it, it's it's actually <laughs> great on uh, Mac as well. Like, we probably should mention that before we go to spoiler break, in case you're not sure. This game has fairly low requirements. Um, I ran it on my MacBook Pro 15-inch, so it's not, like, really a high-spec uh, high machine. Um, and it ran really, really well. Um, it's available on Mac, PC, uh, also the SteamOS Linux type things, and it's on the Xbox One. It's not, at least not yet, on the PlayStation 4. But I would say, being a first-person shooter, you're probably going to want to play this with a mouse and keyboard uh, if you have the option, so I'd probably go that way anyway. I would like to try it out on a on a gamepad, and, and I'll tell you why. I think having uh, kind of walk and run would be helpful. Mm. You know, like, like you have with a, with a, with a left stick on a controller. That's I haven't a good actually point. tried this. I know it's possible to play it with a gamepad on the Mac. Well, I wonder because in, in this game, I think you're always moving at your maximum possible speed. Yeah. I don't know when I would have ever even had the time to consider, should I move at walk speed or fast speed? It's kind of like, I felt like it was constantly darting in between places. You know, like, get over there, stop. Pick that up, stop. I, I didn't even bother to plug my... Normally, I play most games at this point with my DS4 plugged into my computer. Um, and I didn't even bother with this game because I felt comfortable, no problem, with just trackpad and keyboard. Yeah, and I, yeah, I used true. a Bluetooth mouse, worked great. So, yeah. H- however you play this, though, definitely give the game a try. It is $25, which I think is actually pretty reasonable, although some folks have complained about the length. I think that's... Crazy if you enjoy the endless mode, which I think is the best part of the game. Our so. listeners will be unsurprised that we have dismissed uh, complaints about a game being n- not enough time for your money. It's kind of the point of the yeah. show. And $25 is totally reasonable for this incredibly polished game. That is, really it, it is on the higher end of the games that we normally talk about, generally price range, but that's fine. Why well, I would even go so far as to say that you have to check out this game. It's the most innovative shooter I've played in years. It is certainly the most innovative shooter I've played in years. Yeah, you have to check this game out. It is the most innovative shooter I've played in years. Super hot. Super hot. Super hot. Hot. Super hot. Super. Hey, have you heard about this game? (laughs) Let me send you the EXE. Spoiler. Break. Spoiler. Break. Spoiler. Break. You know what I loved in this was the levels where you are jumping over cars and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's that one part where there's like a there's like a dump truck coming right at you, and you have to get into that nook and then kill the guy with the machine gun. Yep. Yeah. I also liked the drop into the train. Yeah, yeah, that's another good one. Yeah, like it it sets you up in these situations where you have from the from the outset an instant to react. Really, really cool. Yeah. And I love that. So it's like there's that guy and there's a shotgun like falling towards you. And so you have to grab the shotgun, fall into the train, and then there's three guys with guns right there waiting for you. Oh, yeah. And there's, there's the one where you're in a parking garage, and, like, there's a car coming straight at you, and you have to jump over the car or jump mm-hmm. onto the car. Jump onto either. the car, yeah. And then if you ride the car back, somebody gets out of the car, 
you can kill them and take their gun. And then there's five other guys all around the parking garage. Did you uh, kill anybody by jumping on them, by landing on them? Yes, I did yeah. that once in endless mode. Yeah, if you jump down on somebody. Some of my favorite ways to kill people in this game, of course, jumping down on them is great. Mm-hmm. But uh, also, if you throw your gun at them and then stun them mm-hmm. and then run up and take their gun and kill and, them, and that's so satisfying. It. Oh, it's forever satisfying. It's just, it's just un, unlimited satisfaction right there. Uh, and it looks awesome in the replay. I think my favorite kill, though, uh, that I had, and I, I, I even I think I sent this to you guys in the Slack channel, but like... There's that level where it's kind of, I, I don't know if it's, it's not exactly uh, like Scarface, but it kind of looks like it where there's like the big fountain down in the middle and there's the oh, yeah. two, the two staircases down. up on the side. Yeah. Like you jump down it and then they come back. So uh, I was all the way down at the back and there was a guy up top shooting uh, like the machine gun down at me and I was hiding behind the statue and I whipped around and threw my katana and hit him in the head from like. 40 feet away. It was like the perfect throw. I could so probably talk never about do that it katana. again. Oh, for real, man. <laughs> oh, man. The, the katana, like, I, I, I fell in love with that on the katana challenge because there's, it's so versatile. Like, you can throw it. It doesn't have, like, crazy good range, but you can throw it and make kills. You can throw it through people mm-hmm. and kill others. So if you line up two enemies, you can, like, get two kills with the katana throw. Nice. Uh, it's so fast. Like, it, you know... You're you're always waiting between you. We haven't talked about the what I thought was a kind of really clever use of the crosshair mm-hmm. as you wait for your gun to be ready to fire again. The mm. katana you can you can throw it uh, or you can slice pretty damn fast. Yeah, and also with with that damn sword, if you have bullets coming towards you in the air, you can slice them in half. Yeah, so fucking cool. <laughs> I did not know about that. I, I I I saw that when I was kind of prepping for the show. I I I never that never occurred to me. I never actually did that. Slice. Yeah, the there's a lot half. of little tactics that didn't occur to me until I started watching some replays on Killstagram.com, which is a great name. Oh yeah, and yep. one that I thought was amazing that I can't wait to try. Uh, is that I saw this guy who had this tactic where if he saw if, if, it was endless mode and he'd have a group of people coming towards him, he'd throw the katana at the one at the back of the group, then hot swap to that person before the katana hit. Yes. Grab the katana out of the air and slice the other ones. And I was like, that's insane. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. So we haven't mentioned hot swap yet. And I hadn't I hadn't mentioned this as my favorite strategy for killing people, but this is exactly what I do is I like to, you know, use my gun or whatever until until it's empty or if I've got a katana, whatever, just throw it at a guy as if you hit somebody, they drop their weapon. Normally, when you hot swap into somebody, their weapon breaks. And I guess that's just so that you can't hot swap into whoever has the best gun or whatever. But if you knock the gun out of their hands, you can hot swap into them while the gun is still in the air. So you just look for, you just grab anything. You look for the guy that has the best gun and is in the best position. You throw something at him to knock the gun out of his hands. Before the gun hits the ground, hot swap to that guy, grab the gun back out of the air, and unload on everybody. That's so fun. Did you guys like the shotgun or the rifle? The shotgun. Um, pistol. Yeah, I, I actually got really fond of the pistol, but if I if I had a choice every time, I think I would go with the shotgun. Yeah, the, the shotgun, 
it's easier to aim. And I, I think it was actually surprisingly hard to line up shots because people would be moving left to right. And without the sort of natural understanding of speed that you get from seeing things in motion, it's very hard to tell how far to lead people. So with the shotgun, I was getting shots pretty reliably. <laughs> I, I liked I really like that there. The uh, You're making like tiny calculations like, okay, he's right here. He's moving left. I'm this far away. I think if I shoot right here, you know, an inch on the screen to the right of where he is, it'll connect with him. And then wiggle around in space for a second to see if it is. To see if it, yeah, to move yeah, forward or backwards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now that we're post-spoiler break, we should talk a little bit about the story of the game, which I think is actually, like, incredibly minimal, but I thought really successful um, at sort of giving the game a theme uh, and it kind of needed a bit of a theme to kind of tie it together. So in fiction, in, in the, the world of the game, you are a player sitting at your computer and a friend transfers you superhot.exe, which is an exploit that allows you to access the game, uh, an innovative new shooter. And so when you fire up superhot.exe, you begin playing super hot the game within a game that is the game um and it, it's kind of implied that you're playing this uh, through some sort of uh like that it's connecting yeah it's signing you into their system yeah and and it's the system is more than meets the eye you're not just playing the game you're logging into the super hot Hive mind. Mainframe or system or something. Yeah. It seems to be virtual reality, and it seems to be um, – the more you progress into it, the more you see that there's actually some sort of malevolent goal behind Superhot. Uh, it's not just a game. It's some kind of networked system, and its goal is unclear, but it it's kind of – it's kind of got um, – it's kind of got this very 90s feel to it, to its intentions, which is like, oh, you know, the the mind is software, the body is disposable. and Like the core of the, the game system is capable of converting a human brain into, into data, I guess. And so it's trying to absorb real brains by having them voluntarily put their mind into this game, basically. Yeah. Like, by playing the game endlessly forever, you are giving up yourself and your ability to, you know, you're, you're giving up your free will into the game. Um, and actually, I think that sort of the mechanics kind of support this. Like, the the uh, when it adds that body swapping mechanic, pre, the hot swap, pretty late in the game, it's kind of... You know, that's supported by the narrative. You know, it's sort of reinforcing bodies are disposable. The mind is software. Yeah, you don't need your body. Yeah, if, you ha if you've put your brain inside of our system, which is a really not the right way to say that, but uh, if you've uploaded your mind to our, you know, to our hard drive, then you don't need your body, right? Yeah. Look, you can just pop between anybody. Yeah, and the farther matter. you get into the game, uh, the more when you do back out of the game, uh, things you know, in, in, on your computer system, your little DOS prompt that you're playing around on, the more those things start seeming odd or out of place. So, like, you want to stop playing the game. You, you within the game, the you know, the player wants to stop playing and goes to chat with other people. But when you try to type chats to your friend uh, about the game, saying like I can't stop, 
then the text is always being replaced by super hot, <laughs> super, super hot. hot. Hey, you have to check out this game. It's the most innovative shooter I've played in years. <laughs> Can we just, all right. So if you have not played the game, but you've made it this far into the podcast, the end of the game instructs you to tell people it's the most innovative shooter you've played in yeah. years. It, now, now that we've you know taken away your will um, and you're entirely our creature, uh, go on the internet and tell your friends that Super Hot is the most innovative shooter you've played in years. That's why we've said it like 45 times into this podcast. I it just feel like we specific had... words to say. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we had to say that because there's definitely some people who are listening. Yeah, this is this is something that I actually thought was really incredibly really genius funny. about the game because it's really funny. I mean, you know, that moment at the end is it's actually it's kind of hilarious because it's it's the game commenting on its own virality. Um, while also it totally works within the, the net, the meta narrative. So like your, mm-hmm. uh, it, this is the game trying to gain new players in order to control more minds, but also it's kind of a commentary on how this game super hot spread from its 2013 demo version. You know, people, people went nuts about it and they were telling their friends on the internet, you have to try this. It's the most innovative shooter I've played in years. <laughs> um, and they kind of wrap that into the narrative of the game. Yeah. It's really clever and, frankly, kind of funny. And it's why yeah. I did immediately want to go out and tell all of my friends that this is the most innovative well, shooter I've played in years. True or not. And, frankly, I think it's probably true. It's probably true. And it's kind of fun, too, to, like – so, you know, from my experience was, you know, I played it, like, right behind you guys, um, right after you guys. You said it to Shane through text messages or through the Slack channel. I was like, wow, that's a pretty ringing endorsement from Reagan. And then I finished it. I'm like, oh, my God. Damn it. I fell for it. Uh, so while we were actually – while we've been recording this, a buddy of mine who I was hanging out with earlier today, I was telling him all about Super Hot, just texted me. and was like, hey, what's the name of the game you're talking about? I said, Super Hot. It's the most innovative game shooter I've played in years because he's about to buy it. And I, I can't wait for him to be like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> And you know it's funny because I don't feel like I, I don't feel like I was misled by that. But no, this is, this is probably it's... the smartest piece of in-game like viral yeah, marketing no, I have ever seen. It's, I'm it's like hats off to them. I didn't I didn't exactly go on and say those words, but I did tweet a lot about the game. I was mm-hmm. legit excited about it, and yeah. I do believe that it's one of the most innovative shooters I've played. For those who know who have played it, it's funny, and you're like, oh, haha, they beat it. I get it. And then for those who haven't played it. It's a ringing endorsement of the game. It it's really the most in- <laughs> so it's like you're you're uh, you're kind of in. Uh, it's kind of an in joke as well as just a really nice thing to say about the game. So yeah. whenever people put it online, like even if they're doing it like a joke, oh, the game told me to do it. Everyone who hasn't played it just saw you know Joey <laughs> Twitter guy say this is the most innovative shooter I've played in years. Well, I think I want to play that. Incredible. It's like yeah, it's a self. It's like a self propelled. Uh, marketing scheme it's great yeah which in a sense thematically perfectly works with the sure. with the themes of the game yeah, you know not, that, and they've also set up their own social network killstagram which I, I think is so only partially active right now it's but, still in uh, beta but you can uh, anytime you record your uh, your kill every every kill you do is recorded and then you can edit those and post them to killstagram and i haven't done a lot of that yet but i've really enjoyed watching the ones that i've seen on there Oh, we should also talk a little bit about some of the secrets in the game. Um, and, you know, you can immediately yeah, find there's some kind of secrets. neat secrets in the computer. We kind of talked about those already. But there's also secrets in the levels. And once you've completed the game, 
Um, you can see which levels you found the secrets for and which ones you haven't. So it kind of gives you a little bit of uh, reason to go back in. Yeah, for every level, um, you can kind of escape the level, which again, I feel like reinforces the feeling of like being trapped within this game. But if you if you find the right kind of uh, you know pile of bricks to jump on and then you you know make your way up to some awning or whatever and then climb out of a building you'll find yourself outside of the level kind of like you will in a lot of games it reminded me of that moment in the stanley parable where you find that you can actually jump out of a window it tells you go left or go right but you can actually jump out of a window a third option and you fall into this plain white void and you realize once you get down there, oh, wait, they actually do have something down here for me. They'll, each level here has some way where you can find some sneaky way out of the level. And when you get out, you'll find these little computer terminals that allow you to ask one question about super hot. Kind of one question for the system. Things like, what is super hot? And I only found probably six or so of these. Um, so there's probably some secret, there's plenty of secrets I don't yet know, but it gives you a little more background on what is super hot, who is the player, you know, what is going on. Really interesting stuff and just sort of a fun reason to revisit. I think it kind of reinforces that feeling of like escaping as well. So many different ways to play this game, the endless mode, the challenges, and even these secrets. So I, I guess the last thing that I really want to do is brag about some of my high scores in endless mode uh, <laughs> and compare them to you guys. Um, that's really what this game's all about, is that endless mode and getting your getting your high score up so you can compare it to your friends. Did Man. you guys play a lot and unlock a lot of the endless arenas? I probably played about three hours of the endless mode, which is, you know, a lot considering that the game's entire length was only about two. And so I don't think I've unlocked that much. Um, I played the first endless mode level again and again and again. And for quite a while, my highest score was like nine. And then I finally got it up to like 19. Um, but there seems to be a sort of a cap for me there. I haven't been able to get any higher oh. than that. I've seen online, Ouch. I know, I've seen online people getting high scores in endless mode in the like 80s and 90s. Um, and I think that's insane and really cool to watch. I just haven't been able to get there yet. Uh, I'll, I'll let you go last, Shane, because you seem to have maybe played the most. But I, I actually have not played a whole lot of endless mode. But apparently I'm better at it than Reagan because I have, <laughs> I've only actually done four runs, I think, at Endless Mode. I did the first level three times and then I did the stairs level twice. So like five times or so. Anyway, my high score for the first level is 19 and my high score for the second level is 25. Nice. Nice, nice. I think the thing that was holding me back was I kept forgetting to hot swap. There would be moments where oh, like, yeah. I would be one. about to die and I'd be like, oh, crap. And then... I'd get shot, and instantly later I'd be like, oh, I could have just hot swap. Yeah, because it puts the instructions back on the screen in your dying moment where it's like, eat a hot swap. And you're like, damn it. <sighs> yeah. You know, I actually, speaking of that, uh, pressing E, I actually hit E early in the game. And it and said I not thought it was kind of clever. Huh? It says something, right? I did. Yeah, this, it yeah. tells you something like, um, not yet. Yeah. Can't do that. Yeah. And it's like, oh, something's coming. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, the the, the endless... I think is the most fun part of the game. There are some really clever levels. Like the third one is a bridge. It's called, it's just called bridge. It's like a, I guess, Asian marketplace with little dragon motifs everywhere. Really, really cool. Really fun one. A lot of multi-level stuff going on. Uh, but my favorite one that I've played is the one called lobby, 
which I don't know if you've unlocked that one or not yet, if you guys haven't played that much, but... Uh, I have not. Lobby is just sort of like... A, really reminds me of that scene in The Matrix where he was oh, shooting yeah. up the bank lobby. And I got a high score of 44 on there. Wow. So fun. Yeah. Nice. nice. Yeah, super, Very super good. fun. Super hot. Super, super hot. Super hot. Super hot. <laughs> yeah, there's, but there's, there's, a, there's... I haven't unlocked all of them. There's at least nine arenas... Uh, I've unlocked all but two. Um, there's a warehouse one that's really fun. There's the lobby. There's one called Hall that's just sort of a big, long... Uh, well, that one's a little different. I'm trying to remember what that one is. I don't remember what that one looks like. Break-In is like a laboratory. Really cool. Um, and then there's... You, you said Stairs and, and Lab 18. So that's some fun, fun, fun play. And that's it. Yeah, I yeah. think that's... Uh, Guys... Yeah. Go play super hot. Yeah. Yeah. I am. So, I was so excited to play this game, guys. I just, I have to say that again. I, I have, I played this game right when it first came out. Cause of course it said, you know, it was all over the internet. And ever since then I have been waiting, waiting, waiting for this game to come out and it's finally here and it's exactly what I wanted and nothing more. It's so perfect. So check out the game on steam. It's $25 at, they had a, small discount on it i think like 2250 or something like that that's probably still going on if you're hearing this uh shortly after we release it um but yeah i would not wait for a sale on this if you if you can spring for it go for it it's a great game um and what are we playing next next i think we're going to be talking about until dawn yeah we kind of shuffled around our order a little bit when super hot came out because we were so enthusiastic about it and wanted to get this i out. basically got on slack and strong-armed everyone into playing this game immediately yeah and i'm glad you did it was really cool um until dawn is one that i've been wanting to do for a while it is a playstation 4 exclusive which uh and it's it's one of the weirder games in terms of like how did this get made we'll talk about it on the episode but if you haven't checked it out um until dawn uh was recently on sale may still be by the time you hear this episode i don't know uh it's a kind of telltale style but not quite uh, uh adventure game uh playing out in the sort of form and with a lot of the tropes of typical like teens in a scary situation horror movie it is as spot on with the horror tropes as anything i've played as a video game and it's incredibly polished and, and pretty to look at so it's actually a real showpiece for the playstation 4 so if you have a playstation 4 and you haven't played it yet uh try to pick it up it's worth the money and time and if you listen to the uh oxen free and the Firewatch episode, and you decided you have not heard us say the words spooky and teens nearly <laughs> enough, then... Uh, Tune in for some spooky teens. Yeah. Yes. So join us next week on the Spook Teen. No. Uh, <laughs> you can find our show on Twitter, at underscore short game, or you can find our website where we have a feedback form and love to hear from you, your thoughts about the games that we've covered, games that we haven't covered, etc. Uh, you can find that at www.theshortgame.net Net. Uh, I'm your host, Reagan Kelly, and you can find me on Twitter at Reagan K. That's R-A-Y-G-A-N-K. Nate, where can people find you? Find me on Twitter at Nate S-T-L. And Shane, where can people find you? I'm over at 8BitShane. And thank you guys so much for joining us again on this episode of The Short Game. The Short Game.